0: Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod and Mike Murphy. Well, Axe, another contest of champions. You were there in Ohio. I was down here in the vital swing state of Florida. What do you think?
1: I think that this is going to be a real experiment, this Hacks on Tap, because... uh is it morning or night? I'm not sure. Went late here <laughs> yeah. in Columbus. I'm operating on fumes, but I'll tell you what I think. You think Reverend uh, Moon
0: makes a lot of sense. That's often what happens. I think after Ma- sleep Ma- Mario,
1: Mario Cuomo uh, <laughs> once said that uh, only in cowboy movies do people shoot backwards. And that's what Elizabeth Warren learned last night because she is now certifiably the front runner. Based on the returns from last night's debate and the amount of attention that she got, uh, I think everyone had her name on their yep. lips and not always in the kindest of ways.
0: Yeah, she got the old love massage you get when everybody figures you are the thing between them and any shot at the nomination. I think that's true, and I'll tell you. I think Mayor Pete had a big thing happen last night. It was the first time, at least to me, that he was not an observer and a commentator in one of these debates, but an active fighting participant. And I saw him with you guys on CNN afterward, and he had the gleam in his eye of somebody who figured out that if you draw a little blood, it tastes good. So I think if Pete breaks through in Iowa and New Hampshire and really gets in this race, last night will be where it started for him.
1: Well... I agree with you. And I think that was his objective going into the race. They sort of signaled that he was going to tangle with uh, Warren, maybe with Beto, uh, you know, Warren over Medicare for all more of that in a second. And uh, but he needed it. Look, we've talked about this many, many times before here. Pete needs to uh, convert himself into the kind of alpha Yep. Character that people can actually conceive of as President of the United States. And I think he did as well as he, he can do in that debate last night and he had a lot of big moments. Let's, uh, in fact, let's listen to one of those. He, he was uh, attacked sort of obliquely by uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, for wanting to stay in Syria and for attacking Trump on removing the troops precipitously that led to this chaos that we see now in the slaughter of Kurds, and uh, he was quite passionate about it. Let's listen to this. He was ready.
2: Meanwhile, soldiers in the field are reporting that for the first time they feel ashamed, ashamed of what their country has done. We saw the spectacle, the horrifying sight of a woman with the lifeless body of her child in her arms asking what the hell happened to American leadership. And when I was deployed, I knew one of the things keeping me safe was the fact that the flag on my shoulder represented a country known to keep its word. And our allies knew it and our enemies. You You take that away. You are taking away what makes America America. It makes our troops and the world a much more dangerous place.
1: The passion seemed very genuine. uh, And it was on, you know, a national security issue, which is really, really valuable. If you're trying to model for the role or audition for the role of president of the United States. And you're right. I mean, I think the key to his night was that he, uh, he was willing to face up with people and really, uh, go at it. And that was something, you know, he treated the last, uh, few debates as sort of town hall meetings where there were people happening happened to be standing around him. And now, yeah, now you look, I mean, I want to be realistic, uh, You know, he still has a lot of obstacles ahead of him, but he was moving in Iowa before this debate. Um, I have to believe this will help him there. Yeah. And and Mike, you know, uh, the other, I think, sort of standout performer last night was Amy Klobuchar. I don't think at the end of the day she has the resources uh, to go anywhere. We'll talk about money numbers later. She's in a deep hole. She's not even qualified for the next debate. But her big play is to go after uh, moderate voters in Iowa. Pete is uh, fishing in that pond as well. And the guy who I think is most vulnerable to uh, to having some of his votes uh, uh, taken from uh, by them is Joe Biden. Uh, and and I don't think he had a great night. Uh, you know, it may not impact him. We've seen him have sort of um, laggard uh, debate nights before, and it hasn't really affected his numbers dramatically. It probably it may not here, but he was sort of a uh, he was an episodic participant in the debate last night. You know, and he had some animated moments, and then he just disappeared at times.
0: No, I'm with you on that. You know, it's interesting. I think both Klobuchar and Buttigieg figured out that a good strategy for them is to be the better Biden. Come from the center left, corner up Warren on the, the liabilities of the Medicare for all plan. And I thought they both did it really well. Now, Amy's problem is she really needs a time machine to have done this a couple of debates ago and get in the race. She was waited to an hour before midnight to show up. And, you know, the difference between them and, and we'll get into this, because the other great info that's out is all the FBC money, the Iowa, New Hampshire, and your cash on hand are the three things that count. And Pete's got nine times as much money as Amy. So it might be too late for her. You know, only the voters of Iowa could throw her that rescue. Uh, but you're right about Biden. You know, he, he is, his expectations have been lowered to the point where just survival is considered a win. And while he had a couple of moments we talk about, it was the same kind of shuffling performance. And I think a big problem he has is that Buttigieg and Booker and to some extent Kamala, most of the rest of the field, are, Warren, when she's on her game, are very loquacious. And that really hangs a bad lantern on his stumbling around and malaprops and all that. So... You know, that plus his money, which we're talking about, uh, not great, not great. A lot of vulnerability there. N- nothing last night made me think, uh, change my opinion that I think the odds are greater he's not the nominee than he is.
1: You know, it's interesting. You, you, you make the point that's so important, which is if you're a Buttigieg and, you know, for, to some degree a Klobuchar, and you need to make uh, progress at Biden's expense, you don't do that by going after Biden. Which would have been a bad strategy, you right. do it by going after the front runner who 's on the other ideological side of this uh, debate, and that 's what they uh, what well, that 's what they both did. You know, Elizabeth Warren, as I mentioned at the beginning, for the first time uh, really got scuffed up in this debate. I think at the end of the day, she probably parried it fine, uh, but it was a preview of things to come, and particularly around this issue of medicare for all let's listen to an exchange on medicare for all Look,
2: this is why people here in the midwest are so frustrated with washington in general and capitol hill in particular your signature senator is to have a plan for everything except this no plan has been laid out to explain how a multi-trillion dollar hole in this medicare for all plan that senator warren is putting forward is supposed to get filled in
0: her kryptonite is clearly the cost of her plan and she doesn't have an answer. She It does not play well. And we know from the polling, I'm sure the pollsters for the other campaigns were happy that it doesn't test well either. So we we saw Warren really wobble for the first time. I agree, doesn't knock her out, but it showed a vulnerability in a clear way that has only been hinted at before.
1: I I think that this is an intriguing issue because it's a signature issue. It's going to be a focus of Republican attacks. You would know that better than I. And um, it's the one place where she is not, not standing on firm ground. And I really wonder how this is going to evolve here. She said on that CNN show, I'm sticking with it. I've, I'm, you know, the Bernie Sanders plan is, is a good plan. And I asked her, is this the one you're going to introduce if you're president? And she she intimated yes, but left enough wiggle room. She's a wily coyote on this issue, I'll tell you. Yeah. Are you saying that the Medicare for All bill that is in the Senate that you signed on to, Bernie Sanders bill, is the plan that you are running on and the plan that you will try and implement when you become, if you become President of the United States? You're not going to have your own plan. You're satisfied That's with the plan. Sanders plan. I think it's
3: a good plan. I think Medicare for All is the way that we make sure that everybody gets covered at the lowest possible cost and that you and a lot of people like you do not have to spend hours on the phone arguing with insurance companies only to be told no.
0: I'll tell you, call me cynical, but yeah, I think her plan man. on this is to... <laughs> I think her she might have a very detailed plan on this. It's just not public because the plan is the minute... Bernie is no longer a threat. She'll wrap it up and evolve to Medicare for all, which tests a thousand times better. Uh, so I think she might still have an escape hatch there. It is a gift to Donald Trump if she takes a firm position on Medicare for All into the general election. You know, and I know, and most practical politicians know, that healthcare politics is like jumping into a swimming pool full of razor blades. It is a very dangerous place, as the Republicans found out in the midterms and Democrats found out in elections before that. If you're the agent of big change, you take on political risk. And I don't know, what I, what I want to see now is Bernie, who, by the way, uh, is looking
1: sharper than before. Hey, Bernie was, um, an, ad- clearly Bernie was an advertisement for stents. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, he, brought to
0: you by evil pharmaceutical he, companies, by the way. I, I didn't hear a thank you from him for that, but he was, he was good and he has an opportunity to attack her on the other side and really corner her if she does start to wiggle. That's one reason I think she's probably a little worried about her left flank on the Medicare. He for did all.
1: actually attack her. Even Bernie attacked her uh, a little last night for not being as clear on the fact that their taxes would go up right, as right. a result. He's of the honest Medicare about it. I'll give money. him credit for that. Yeah, he's got the freedom of a true believer who, at some in some form or fashion, may know that he's not probably headed for the White House, but really wants to raise these. Issues. He's by the way. Did you see? He's getting the endorsement of AOC and AOC, a couple of yeah, other squad members. Yeah. You know, on.
0: I think they have a distant cousin of Trotsky showing up too. <laughs> it's going to be quite a rally. You know, uh, uh, I mean, but look, it'll help him. He's got a little restart off this. I don't know if he can do anything with well, it, but it could have been a real disaster. The question
1: is: Does it? Uh, is it a problem for uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is competing with him for uh, progressive voters and particularly younger voters? Uh, will this move anyone? Do endorsements matter? But, yeah, I mean, look, old conventional wisdom like two days ago was Bernie had a heart attack. He's on the way down, and uh, he is a uh, zombie candidate. New conventional wisdom, Bernie has a new lease on life, and uh, he's still in this race. And uh in these cash-on-hand numbers we're going to talk about, he is by far the best-funded candidate. So he's, he's got a lot of chestnuts stored, stored away for the winter here. And, uh. Yeah, look at it this
0: way. He, he's got one dollar for every four dollars Biden has in the bank. So I, I'm coming toward, I tend to hate all conventional wisdom, but I thought trying to cover up a heart attack and that stumbling would increase the spiral. But the performance he gave last night, was sharp enough, and that huge, you know, over $30 million cash on hand number we now know means that he's he's got plenty of vitamins in both his bank account and clearly in his uh, cardiovascular system. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he opens up a a tough paid ads, the works front on her on the left that she doesn't really mean it. And now with AOC, she could be a very good kind of attack surrogate if she's willing to do it with Warren. So I'll be very interested in seeing how and what they talk about at this rally, if they drop any hints that, that Bernie's uh, going to it war. It will be
1: interesting because uh, he's been reluctant so far. As I said, he did draw a right. soft contrast with her on the Medicare for all thing in the debate, but he's been very reluctant to go right at her, And um, and we'll see if that happens. But in any case... His hanging around is not great news for her in this race. So my bottom line on Warren, I think she had a, she had some good moments in that debate. She is uh, she's a very very smart person and a very uh, adroit debater. And uh, you know she was taking incomes incoming from all directions, and I thought that she parried them mostly well. The Medicare for All thing was a uh, a glaring deficiency. And because her evasions were, um, were pretty obvious, but I think she did well. You know, you mentioned Bernie's health care. I mean, Bernie's health and that prompted questions about, uh, about age. And Joe Biden got this question and clearly he had been laying on the pitch. Uh, and, uh, here's what he had to say about that.
3: One of the reasons I'm running is because of my age and my experience with it comes wisdom. We need someone to take office this time around who on day one can stand on the world stage, command the respect of world leaders from Putin to our allies, and know exactly what has to be done to get this country back on track. It is required now more than any time in any of our lifetimes to have someone who has that capacity on day one.
1: And in that answer... He, he did play the card that I think is his strongest card, which is he said, I'm not going to need on the job training on day one. I mean, he is a comfortable figure. He's an experienced figure. He's a guy who I think people could see sliding into that office and uh, doing the job and doing it with uh, some degree of, of calm and assurance. And that is his play. You know, I just, the overall picture to me, it doesn't look, uh, as strong for the reasons you said earlier. I mean, he that was a strong answer. He had a lot of meandering ones.
0: Yeah, there, there were some malaprops there and some wandering around and then these sparks of action. I thought he tried to weaponize his experience a little bit in an exchange with Warren that I think is cutting both ways for him. He, he, she talked about her signature legislation. He talked about getting bills. And then they had kind of a testy one-liner off. Let's listen to that.
3: I agreed with the great job she did. And I went on the floor and got you votes. So let's get those things straight, too.
2: Senator Warren, do you want to respond?
3: I am deeply grateful to President Obama who fought so hard to make sure that agency was passed into law. And I am deeply grateful to every single person who fought for it, And who helped pass it into law. But understand... You did a hell of uh, a job in your job. Thank you. (laughs) But understand this. It was a dream big fight hard. People told me, go for something little. Go for something small. I said no.
0: So I thought he scored with the first part where he said, yeah, 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 I got you all your votes. And she kind of froze for a minute there. I thought it was a bad moment for her then she thanked obama which seemed rude and gratuitous but then joe being joe couldn't not talk yeah
1: he the crowd crowd didn't like it yeah but then he shot a kind of barb her way about all that and it was testy it was it was testy yeah but you know the other thing with biden was and it was the elephant in the room he's obviously his his son hunter has been uh, under fire from the president. This is the core of the whole issue that's led to the impeachment proceedings. And what what's interesting to me is Biden continues to insist that there was nothing wrong with that at the same time that he says, but Hunter won't be doing any of that when I'm president. And he got the question and he sort of sidestepped it as to why there's a difference between Hunter doing it when he was vice president and Hunter doing it when he was president. It's like he did nothing wrong, but I promise you he won't do it again. Right, exactly. He's given up murdering, not that he murdered anybody. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know what the impact of all that is. Uh, you know, his numbers have been pretty steady despite all that. He's not giving a complete answer on this. You know, it's noticeable.
0: Yeah, I think the last 30 days for Biden has really been a story of lost opportunities because when Trump engaged him, Biden could have put on his patent helmet and said, all right, the general election is on. It's me and you and gone all offense on Trump, squeezed out everybody else's oxygen. I mean, we've talked about this and 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 really kind of become the guy vis-a-vis Trump and start scoring points. Instead, it's been a wobble. He's just had a bit of a problem going on the offense about defending his son and pivoting to the Trump kids who are hardly on the cover of Business Ethics magazine. But, you know, he just hasn't been able to grab the moment. So he's sinking into this one of the top people position. And the debate did nothing to move that needle. I mean, look, there's a lot left. We know that every day going forward in Iowa is worth two of the days we have behind us. There's, there's some real campaign left for something to happen. But I just watched him last night, and I like the guy. But I was thinking, wow, he feels like third place in the caucuses to me.
1: So Klobuchar, just a a minute on her. She did have a good exchange with Warren. Uh, Let's listen to that.
3: I want to give a reality check here to Elizabeth because no one on this stage wants to protect billionaires, not even the billionaire wants to protect billionaires. Uh, We just have different approaches. Your idea is not the only idea. And when I look at this, I think about Donald Trump, the guy that after that uh, tax bill passed, went to Mar-a-Lago, got together with his cronies and said, guess what? You guys all got a lot richer. That was the one time in his presidency he told the truth.
1: Realistically, can Amy go anywhere in this race? I mean, she as I said earlier, she, she has yet to qualify for the November debate.
0: Yeah, my guess is she'll get a little surge in money now. Maybe a little surge in polling because, you know, as we both know, the national polling is kind of a noise meter for what's going on, and she's going on They say she raised a lot of money last night online. Yeah, but, you know, they all do that. It's like they should share one press release, I'm sure Castro, and a phenomenal upshot in, you know, donations. But my guess is she legitimately did. But she needs it. You know, her her FEC report was showing, I don't know, about 4.9 million in cash, but we all know campaign managers keep some bills in the drawer to pump that up, and there have been a couple of weeks, so I'll bet her real cash on hand is, is, you know, just over 3 mil. That's not a lot of gasoline to fuel an army, even if you give them something to work with, like that debate last night. So I just, if she had been this candidate a few debates ago engaging that way, she, uh, she could be selling a lot more tickets.
1: Well, there are, there are a number of candidates on that platform who are just teetering on the edge. Did you see anybody else who made a, an impact last night? Let's, let's talk about Kamala Harris who, you know, started with such promise in this race and, and finds herself yeah. in a much more precarious position now. She has this fascination with trying to kick Trump off of Twitter and she had this weird exchange with, uh, elizabeth warren about it i thought warren swatted her away uh, sort of like an irritating fly there (laughs) i did too let's listen
3: twitter should be held accountable and shut down that site it is a matter of safety and corporate accountability thank you senator warren you can respond so look i don't just want to push donald trump off twitter i want to push him out of the white house that's our job but the way join me in saying that his twitter account should be shut down down. let's figure out no no why it is that we have had laws on the books for antitrust
0: for over- Yeah, I don't know about Kamala. She keeps picking these sidebar French vanilla ice cream rather than vanilla ice cream fights. You know, we're gonna impeach Kavanaugh. Get it? I'm for two impeachments. Uh, I, we're gonna ban the President of the United States as zany and crazy ass as he is from, you know, being able to use Twitter. It just, it all seems small and tacky and over- Thought to me, and like she's missing the meat of the debate that's going on.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I saw nothing in that debate last night that is going to propel her forward. Uh, and I, and you know, yeah. I think the same is true for Beto O'Rourke, who I thought came out on the losing end of an exchange on guns. Oh, totally. Uh, there's no
0: reason for him to be there anymore. And you know what? I, I finally felt. The kind of mini boomlet for Yang melting away last night. It's kind of like, okay, we've seen it. Nice attempt, good guy. Have fun. UBI is not going to take over the Democratic primary. T- time yeah, to let you, the but, uh, the big. You know, you're right stuck. about
1: that. But there, but there was the exchange between Yang and Elizabeth Warren and some of the others on the platform. I think uh jumped in on this about whether it's trade or automation that represents the greatest threat to american jobs moving forward i thought was a really interesting debate i mean it's mm-hmm. and, and the fact that it was the the only other moment other than medicare for all medicare for all where i thought warren uh kind of lost her footing because it's not part of her storyline that you know maybe robots and computers represent a bigger threat to uh jobs than uh, you know china and mexico and, you know, he kind of challenged her on that. And that was a pretty big moment. My personal view is that's the most under-discussed issue. The reason I kind of respect Yang is he's brought to the table what is a genuine issue, which is, you know, you can't stop technology. The march of technology is right. going to go on. It is creating huge pressure uh, on, um, uh, you know, for a lot of people in terms of jobs that are being replaced. And there has to be a strategy for it. I'm not sure his answer is necessarily the right answer, but it's a topic that has to be discussed. And she sort of dismissed it. And I thought that was a bad moment for her.
0: Yeah, it was another generational beat where she in some ways wants to relitigate the economics of the 80s. And Yang, I think of all of them from his background in technology, I think Pete understands it, too. And maybe he can usurp some of the messaging if Yang continues to be smart, yeah. you know, not really rise. Um, they understand the future economy. And, you know, it, it. there is some political power one way or the other in the fact that the top three Democratic candidates, if you combine them, are almost as old as the country. And it, it's clear that Elizabeth Warren has a lot of assets for fighter, progressives, progressive, liberal economics, has no, an endless list of big, bad companies she wants to beat up that even Trump voters like to hear being beat up. But as far as a visionary for the economic future, that's not her. She's a grievance candidate about the last 30 years for the middle you, class. You know, and you're right about,
1: it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Pete does pick that up because that's, that's fertile ground for him. To plow, totally. especially, and you know, he totally can also he integrate it up. with his story in South Bend because he's made a big effort to bring new industries in there and adapt and adjust this Rust Belt city to the modern idiom. So, you know, a guy we haven't mentioned. But one, one other yeah. just
0: if I don't mind for one sec. One other thing, I've, I forgot to make this point about Warren, and maybe by the time this thing airs later today, she'll clean it up. But she did have a bad gap where she talked about pulling all American troops out of the Middle East. Now, you can argue contextually; the question was about Syria, so she was answering about Syria. But I, I saw that and like sat up and said, "What did she just say?" Because that is a another super amateur level. Um, applause line almost trumpian view of uh, how we uh, operate as the the hyperpower in the world so if she doesn't clean that up like an hour ago she's making a big mistake and it, it was a it was a
1: gaffe that could come back to haunt her so two uh two more things before we go uh one is uh, we haven't talked about Cory Booker you know who's been i think a competent if not great at times performer in these debates he hasn't gotten any uptake. And he went in last night with a strategy. And his strategy was to be the can't we all get along candidate, the guy who is going to jump in and referee when uh, Democrats went after Democrats. And let's listen to a little bite
2: of that. You know, we've got one shot to make Donald Trump a one-term president. And how we talk about each other in this debate actually really matters. I, I've had the privilege of working with or being friends with everybody on this stage and tearing each other down because we have a different plan to me is unacceptable. I have seen this script before. It didn't work in 2016 and it will be disaster for us in 2020.
1: I don't know how effective that yeah. was. I, you know, my wife Susan <laughs> texted me during the debate saying, why do they have to fight so much and so on? I, I, maybe I'm just jaded or, or worn down by my own, but, but no. I didn't, I thought that was a relatively <laughs> tame debate. And after all, what, what are primaries for, if not to kind of sort out these right. differences? Yeah, look,
0: I had the same. You know, I I've been sort of an optimist on Booker as somebody could emerge late because I think he's a great performer. Got a great I'm organization in I Iowa too,
1: he- by the way, but.
0: Right, right, the ability to leverage success. So I'm watching that thinking, boy, he's a great performer and then I, I kinda had a lightning bolt. It might have been the, the bourbon, but hmm. I, I always have to watch one of these debates slightly anesthetized uh on the democratic side. But um Oh yeah, because your I, debates I, back in the is,
1: sixteen were such a such a pleasing <laughs> yeah. affair. But anyway, go ahead.
0: No, no. It's more ideological. I'm just sitting there thinking I'm going to learn what it's like to live in Britain in the 70s after Elizabeth Warren's done nationalizing. But anyway, putting all that aside, we'll have a 100 discussions of that I'm later. Sure. I watched Booker and I thought he is wasting all this communications talent on a dud message because in a general election, I, I think there could be a great hunger for yeah. a uniting message like that. But as you say, th- this is a family fight here to pick the champion to go slay the dragon donald trump and and he's going into the gandhi routine every time he can and he's now tested this and you know we we know from the polling what's going on in the race it's not what they're looking for so he's wasting all his ability to communicate on kind of a dud message for a democratic primary
1: So, Murphy, it's it's almost Halloween. I know it's one of your favorite holidays. You and your little girl are probably going to go trick-or-treating. You're going to be something scary.
0: (laughs) I just say, in Los Angeles, my wife and I go out, and she points at me and says, Republican, and people scream and run away. So I don't even
1: need a costume. That is, yeah, frightening, huh? Yeah. But if you got a family, you might be dealing with something a little scarier even than that, and that is shopping for life insurance. The idea of looking for life insurance intimidates you. Try PolicyGenius.com. Now, PolicyGenius is the easy way to shop for
0: life insurance online. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Once you apply, the PolicyGenius team will handle all the paperwork, all the red tape. And look, because they're PolicyGenius here, this isn't policy idiots we're talking about, they don't just limit their talents to making life insurance easy. They can also help you find the
1: right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. So this October, take the scariness out of buying life insurance with Policy Genius. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. But you know one thing they don't offer, David? You've lost a New Hampshire primary,
0: and you're out of money insurance, because money is what makes campaigns go. Let's go back
1: talk about that on the podcast. We've been talking all around these numbers. Let's talk about them because, you know, if you're a practitioner, cash on hand numbers are really, uh, really tell you a big story. And so yep. everybody had to file their FEC reports yesterday. And what we, what we learned was kind of shocking uh, in that Bernie Sanders had 30, Almost thirty-four million dollars in the bank. Elizabeth Warren twenty almost twenty-six million. Pete Buttigieg twenty-three million. Kamala Harris had uh, almost eleven million. Joe Biden nine million dollars. Uh, yeah, how could yep. how could a guy be the front runner, the establishment candidate? And what it speaks to is something we've been talking about all along. He doesn't excite people, and therefore he has no. Uh, ability to raise uh, digital money and so right. he's going to all these traditional sources of funding and he's going to cap out on those and how he feeds the how he feeds this campaign is a mystery to
0: me yeah this, this is a big thing so just to decode for a few of our uh, listeners here every three months you file a report that discloses what you spent what you raised and what you have cash on hand and again as we were talking about every campaign manager does a little trickery to be slow paying bills to pump this number because he knows the political class look at it as carefully as they look at the iowa and new hampshire polling so all these numbers my guess, are pumped a little but it, it tells a real story you know i like to joke that when the campaign reaper comes calling at your headquarters front door it's not a guy in a hood with a sickle it's a mild-mannered accountant with your cash on hand number from the bank because without the money to fuel staff and organization and paid media and digital and all the stuff that you need to communicate a message, you know, you may, you may be the best thing ever. You're not going to be able to roll early success in Iowa, maybe not even afford that. So you look at this and as you say, there's Biden with nine million cash, which is probably really eight million. Uh, he has raised the high dollar money, the 2,800 and less dollar donors, but he's probably not doing well in low dollar digital. So that is a real threat to him if he can't have a cash pile to roll out. On the other hand, you look at Bernie who can not only keep flagging his Bernie message with almost 34 million or probably really 32, but it doesn't matter. A ton of a lot. He can also go hurt somebody with paid ads. Warren is right where she wants to be. The money to exploit success early and Pete has the ability to stick around and take that shot in New Hampshire and Iowa if he if he has a success in Iowa and to go tell his story in South Carolina and Nevada so if he can start to get some support he can he can roll forward and Kamala you know I'll give her credit I I thought her number would be less but it's still B tier though more than Biden and then the rest of them it's uh it's the story of uh decline. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: kind of, yeah, Booker 4 million, Klobuchar 3.7 and Beto O'Rourke 3.3 yeah. million dollars. Remember his calling card in this race was that he raised $80 million for his Senate race yep. in Texas. And, and it, it turns out that the great fundraising magic had something to do with a guy named Ted Cruz, who he was running against. That was instant cash for him. But I, I don't know how these candidates, uh, down at the bottom of this list, um, survive. Nor should they, really. Well,
0: uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the debate rules were kind of screwed up and the bullocks and bennets of the world deserved a better shot. But the truth is the, the marketplace is speaking here. I mean, I'm fine with them hanging on through Iowa, but it, it's pretty, pretty clear what the writing on the wall is for just about everybody outside the top six or seven.
1: Yeah. Well, let's bottom line it then like who is real and who is not just to finish up this discussion you know as we leave this debate and head into uh into the next one in November the jj dinner or what it, i don't know what they call it now they don't you, we can't call it the jj dinner anymore <laughs> the woke happiness dinner yeah it's not the jefferson jackson dinner anymore but i think it's the fall democratic dinner but that's the big political event on the iowa caucus schedule that's coming up uh at the end of the month but it's the the thing there is a there is a t- there are tears that are beginning to form between the real and the unreal and um mm-hmm. good way to put it and uh, you know i don't know where to put bernie because he has a kind of a, a a very large cult but i don't know if he can grow it into uh enough to to actually win primaries but he's going to be hanging around but yeah for a while yeah Warren, obviously. And then, of course, Warren has had the,
0: the energy. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to call her that now. She's taken that from Biden. Biden still has a lot of body weight, but disappointing symptoms. And I would say Buttigieg now, after last night and with the cash he's got, has moved into chief understudy for Biden at
1: this point. Yeah. Well, it's all very interesting. Um I thought uh, – at the end of the day, that was probably the best of the four debates. I thought 12 people on a stage would be unsatisfying. And it actually was the most substantive of the four debates. I think the most interesting uh, of the four debates. And now we go on.
0: Yeah, I'm contractually obligated to declare the NBC debate superior to all, but I have to admit it was a really, really good debate, and in many ways I thought it was the best one too. Now, because this was our debate special issue done under the dawn light with you having been up almost uh, all night, I um, we're not going to do a mailbag here, but if you have mailbag questions even about the debate or next debates or any question, you can always send it to us at hacksontap at gmail.com, Hacksontap at gmail.com. Uh, the other administrative bit of work is don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Half of people who listen to podcasts get them through iTunes, though we're on all the platforms, radio.com, everything. But by rating us, leaving a comment, giving us a star rating, you tell iTunes to put our podcast in front of more people who are looking. So that really, really helps us, and we appreciate that little assist. We're growing, and uh, we owe it all to you.
1: All right, brother. I'll uh, talk to you next week. All right. Get some sleep, pal. See you then.